If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is fresh pressed olive oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest-fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure, fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs! It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah! I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time jimmyoliveoil.com. Have you been looking for a quality brand of CBD oil and didn't know where to turn? Let me introduce you to Botan CBD. Go to botancbd.com, that's B-O-T-A-N-C-B-D.com, and you'll see a full line of CBD oil products. The benefits of CBD oil are plentiful, including pain relief, anti-inflammation, mental clarity and focus, stress and anxiety reliever, and the list goes on. I've been using Botan CBD oil on my sciatica pain, and it makes it disappear. You can rub it on the body or take it orally and you can trust that Botan CBD is the highest quality CBD oil on the market. They are a pharmaceutical grade organic CBD small batch and handcrafted for you. Head on over to BotanCBD.com and use the code Jimmy at checkout for 15% off your first order. Live life well. Botan CBD. Living La Vida Low-Carb, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore. The longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage, we're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal, yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused, don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low-Carb show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today I'm very privileged to welcome to the podcast a gentleman by the name of Carlos Spells. 
and he's a native of East St. Louis, Illinois, has a degree in economics and finance. That sounds so boring. Just kidding. Uh, From Southern (laughs) Illinois University, Edwardsville. He's currently in a position as a material accountant at Boeing Corporation in St. Louis. And when he was a kid, uh, Carlos was raised following the standard American diet, not unlike most of us. He grew up at a young age drinking soda, eating processed foods as a way of life. And by the time he hit his early 20s, he was already over 300 pounds, suffered from allergies and was labeled pre-diabetic. He tried workout plans, eating strategies to lose weight, only to end right back up where he started. And it wasn't until he failed many times uh, that he now found the way to take control of his life And I'm so proud to have you here today, Carlos, to tell your story and to get the message out of what you're doing. What's up, man? Welcome to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's like it's an honor, man. It's definitely an honor and a pleasure. I love talking to people like you, Carlos, because you you pulled up the bootstraps. You did it yourself. You made a life change uh, that and now you're using that life change to inspire other people uh, to make life changes of their own. So I gave a very brief history of, of kind of where you got to the place where your health was really bad, uh, as a over 300 pounder in your early twenties. Can you pick up the story from there and kind of tell us what happened after that? Oh, wow. Um, I would say really, uh, my twenties feel a lot like a blur. Yeah. Just because, uh, by that time I had, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I was really for me, I was just so entrenched in being, quote unquote, fat or living the fat life. Yeah. So it was one of those things where I just spent most of that time just telling myself because I was fat that that wasn't for me. Like going to, you know, amusement parks and riding uh, roller coasters. No, that's not for me. I'm, I'm, I'm too fat for that. You know, going to hang out with friends. It's like, oh, no, I don't I don't want to be that fat friend who's who's the first one to leave. Like, no, that's that's not for me. Yeah. And so, um, that's what a lot of it was. Um, for me, it really didn't, the whole idea of health and fitness and all that didn't really come to me until I would say, I, uh, I met my wife because, uh, for her, it was one of those things where I was no longer at the point where it was just simply removing myself. It was something that I honestly really wanted to be a part of. Um, and so I started to just, uh, look more into it. Um, and honestly, um, it was just. I don't know, like it, it like it, it, it's weird because for so long you could just get so used to a way of life. And then it's like all of a sudden, like something just clicks. And like I said, really, it was me, it was my wife yes. and uh, her family because uh, her family. Well, my wife, she's a uh, Cuban and Venezuelan. And so uh, her family is Hispanic. And with that, they are very high energy, very high <laughs> energy, constantly high energy. Yeah. And it's uh, I call them little crackheads because like literally <laughs> without the crack. anywhere from five to 10 of them will talk to you at once. And it's like you'll look up and you'll see one stand in one place. And next thing you know, they're somewhere else. And so <laughs> it was just constant energy coming at me. And honestly, I could not keep up. Yeah, and I'm already an introvert, too. So it's one of those things where I need energy to, quote unquote, be socialized to socialize. And I also need energy simply to stay awake. So it's like, hey, I'm really tanking on my energy here and trying to quote unquote, keep this whole nice person, this whole nice persona up. Yeah. Like I really want to, and I'm excited, but honestly, I'm just so tired. Like I need a break. Like that was constantly the thing I kept needing to break, kept needing to recharge, kept needing to pull myself away from situations. And so, um, after constantly doing that and then, um, honestly, if, if I'm truly being honest, another thing that was kind of a wake up call for me too, was, uh, honestly the intimacy in my relationship. 
it was that coupled with the, the struggles of intimacy in my relationship, because honestly, my body could not sustain or perform. I was like, you know what, Los, is enough is enough. Enough is enough. And you know what? If you really feel this bad about it, and if your life is really this much of a drag, you got to get your oh. up and do something. Oh, excuse <laughs> my language, but that's that's kind Weep. of how I just talk. So. <laughs> You're keeping just, it real today. I appreciate that. I just feel like, and also too, I feel like that's been a big part of my journey. Yeah. It's just being honest with myself. Like when I looked in the mirror, I didn't like the busted can of biscuits I saw looking back at me. And so. You didn't like didn't the like busted that, can of biscuits. I just want to make sure I heard that phrase, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt. I was like, a, I feel like a busted can of biscuits. I know what that looks like too, man. That That's not a pretty sight. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Sticking out of all corners of that uh, container. Yeah. Exactly. And I've been exactly. there too. The thing, I know what you're talking about. The name of the game about. is how many layers can I put on and how yeah. many shirts can I put over it to cover it up? Yes. Man, that resonates so much with me. So, wow. So how did you find keto? Well, it uh, started because once I actually really got serious about working out and getting into fitness, I did what most guys do. I dove over into the bodybuilding world. It was like, okay, clearly these people with 12 and 14 and 16 packs must know what they're doing. They're in the best shape of their lives. Uh oh. So clearly those are the right people I should be going to. Uh oh. So from there, honestly, I even had some success. I lost about 60 pounds or so. I was eating about five to six meals a day. I was chugging down protein shakes. I was going to the gym about six days a week, working out and spending anywhere from a, at minimum an hour at the gym. So it was just all I knew is I was going to eat my bland food because literally during that period, it was sirloin steak, chicken breast, broccoli, brown rice. And that's really what I just cycled through brown uh, rice and maybe occasionally some sweet potatoes. Yeah. The bodybuilding diet. Yep. Yep. Well, and I was so bad that uh, I had a clock that would let me know when every two hours would pass. Ding. I had the backpack that had my six meals in it. Yeah. I also had cups on cups for protein powders, energy drinks, pre-workout shakes, like the whole gambit. Like I was doing it. And like I said, I lost about 60 pounds doing it. But the thing I just couldn't shake or I just couldn't get over was the idea that to me, it just seemed like the scale was, was off to me. So in one week I could lose six to seven pounds mm -hmm. and then I could turn around the next week and gain eight pounds. Wow. And I could turn around the next week and lose those eight pounds and then maybe lose a couple more pounds and turn around and gain five more pounds. So to me, like the scale jumped up way too much. Roller coaster ride. And I was like, and then also, we, we all know that the scale is, as you even say, the scale is a lying liar that lies. Hey, so, hey you learned well. <laughs> so it's like you, you start to know that. But then it was the idea that despite losing the 60 pounds, I didn't feel healthier. Yeah. So I was getting the compliments of, oh, you look nice. Oh, whatever you're doing is working. But still, it's like I'm still struggling to pass a bowel movement. I'm still getting anywhere from four to five sinus infections a year. I'm still popping all these allergy pills. My triglycerides were still high. Um, honestly, it got to the point where literally I was any, drinking anywhere from six to 700 milligrams of caffeine a day just mm. to simply keep myself up and going. Wow. And so to me, like that just didn't seem natural. Like, and then you start hearing about some of these people in the bodybuilding world who are passing away. And it's like, Hey, I don't, for me, I want to work out. I want to be able to live an active life until the day that I die. And I don't think that that day is going to be like my forties or fifties. I don't know when that day is going to come. But I'd like to think it's not going to be in the 40s or 50s. Shouldn't be. And so that's when I um, started kind of looking to play around more so with my lifestyle. So one thing I started doing was I started kind of cutting my carbs in half. 
So I would cut down the amount of brown rice I had in half. What made sweet you do that? Um, just because that was the only thing. Well, really, there was only two things, protein and carbs, because my fat was so low, I couldn't cut that. In order to cut that, I had to get rid of protein. Ah, I was like, hey, so I'm you, didn't hungry. you didn't replace the carbs that you cut with more fat to balance out the caloric intake. You basically went into more of a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. And and what I uh, did, too, was, um, or also, too, I would shift over a little bit more of the protein Yep. with that. But um, it was one of those things where I was cutting the carbs. And what I started to notice was when I was cutting the carbs, at least on the scale, my weight seemed to be more consistent. So instead of me gaining eight pounds or losing seven or six pounds, it was I may lose a pound or two or I may gain a pound or two. But it was starting to be more of a gradual decline. But um, still, I was still having issues with my health in terms of uh, and one thing that's big for me. And I'll just tell you, honestly, I love pooping. Pooping is like my favorite thing. It's like my third favorite pastime. <laughs> and so what were the other two uh, e- most of e- e- eating and sleeping are the other two and then pooping or <laughs> I think working out maybe uh, two oh, working out. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's and honestly, was, I think that's kind of what drove me into working out so much because yeah. that is when I would have my bowel movement during my workouts. And yeah. so, so I was like, yeah, yeah, this, this is reinforcing it. <laughs> so was eating number one. Did I miss that? Oh, no, no. Honestly, um, I would say uh, number one was really just spending time with loved ones. Nice. That, that's really what it is, because that is a huge motivation behind what I do, too. That's cool. And so uh, it was uh, so after I started playing around with the carbs and all of that, it was just like I said, I still wasn't getting the health benefits. And then um, honestly, that's when I kind of stumbled across you. Where um, basically I saw like you had to live in the Vita low carb show. But at the time I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't know what it was, but something about it just did not like speak to me at the time about the living the Vita low carb show. Right. And so then I saw you had another podcast, Keto Talk. I was like, hmm, tell me more about this keto. It's already low carb. It's already higher on the protein side. And so, well, not even so much higher on the protein side, but it, it just seemed to resonate similarly to the path I was going down. Yeah. But then also one thing with keto was the talk about, uh, of health. And that was the huge thing for me where I'm a very geeky, nerdy person. Like that's why honestly I got my degree in economics and finance. Mm-hmm. I just, I like numbers. I like, I like science, like all, all of that just resonates with me. And so yep. that was a really big thing about keto. They came my way. And so um, true to nature, how I am, honestly, I just dove right into it, Jimmy. That's it was like, I listened to a couple of episodes of Keto Talk. I just dove into it. And honestly, I dove into it during my reception. And so I kid you not, I literally, all I knew at that time was keto was high fat, moderate protein and low carb. So during my reception, I literally walked around with a huge bottle of oil over 369 Omega blend oil (laughs) and peanuts. Wow. And so I was chugging oil and eating peanuts. And my family was like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? I was like, all I know is this whole keto thing. And it's going to yeah. get me healthy. And I got to eat a lot of fat, moderate protein, and low carb. And it was like, wow. Oh, okay. And that, and that is normal for you. I was like, you don't, you don't think twice about chugging a bottle of vodka. So why should I think twice about chugging a bottle of oil? Ooh, touche, like, so, touche. I love that. How long ago was this, Carlos? Oh, I made this change towards the end of September of uh, 2017. Okay, so fairly recently, about a year and a half ago. Uh, No, no, it's it's September. Yep, September. Yeah, so about a year and a half ago, you make this change. 
and you start uh, seeing great results. So then what gets you excited about wanting to share this with other people? Because you uh, you started a Facebook page eventually, F-I-Y-A Fitness. Uh, you have an Instagram uh, at black uh, underscore in underscore keto. Mm-hmm. Um, so what made you want to kind of put yourself out there and say, hey, I, I want to be all about this keto thing. It was, uh, because honestly, keto and intermittent fasting fit into everything that I wanted to do. Yep. In the sense that when I was doing the whole bodybuilding thing, or at least following that lifestyle, Jimmy, I spent anywhere from about 250 to $350 a month on supplements. Wow. Just protein shakes, peels after peels after peels, yep. creatine, all of these other things looking to quote unquote, lose weight and build muscle. And so, um, and then also too, like I said, just a sure amount of money I was just spending on food constantly for five to six meals that they get costly, like that adds up. <laughs> and so, um, but also too, even with that, a lot of what I saw in the diet space felt like bro science to me. It just felt like there wasn't nothing that was necessarily grounded on the principles of science. Yeah. Also too, it seemed as if, Everything was situated around a gimmick. You want more muscles, take this protein powder. Yes. You want more, you want more effectiveness or you want more endurance, then take this energy drink. And it's like, why is it that so many, why do you need all these supplements to do like, I, I, and also too, like, if you really think about it, how, how did we get to this point in our life? If, if everything that we're doing is quote unquote, a supplement based, I got to eat all of these meals. <laughs> like it didn't even make sense. Like, like, did we just literally get created? Like yeah. 60, 50 years ago, like it yeah. just didn't, like it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. How did and our so, hunter gatherer ancestors, uh, make do without exogenous ketones, without, you know, exactly. all these things that we have as conveniences now, they're great as an adjunct to the main thing of diet and lifestyle. But what did they do, uh, differently that helped them survive and not just survive, but thrive without yes. those things? Yes. And, and that was the thing like, to me, keto and intermittent fasting just simply made sense. It, it just made perfect sense. Also, too, it's hard to knock it when I'm losing weight, like I'm eating foods. Also, too, I'm enjoying what I eat. So after about a few weeks of the whole oil and uh, peanuts, I started to actually learn more about the different types of foods <laughs> and the things that I could eat. Yeah. And so um, even with that, like uh, being able to eat like, keto pizzas or also to having steaks, um, eating egg yolks. Cause honestly, at first it was literally all egg whites, but yeah. now eating egg yolks and, and seeing the benefits and seeing the health, it was, it was just something that really spoke to me and resonated with me. And the big thing that the two biggest things that made me compelled to share it with people and also let people know about it was, and this is maybe a TMI moment, but once again, like I get this thing called a uh, fright. So whenever I travel, whenever I go out of town, it takes me anywhere from at that point, anywhere from two to three days to pass a bowel movement. Just guaranteed. Wow. Don't know why. What, don't know what did you call that now? I, I need to hear this. Slow it down a little bit, Carlos. What did you call that? <laughs> I call it fright. Okay. That's what I thought you said. <laughs> and so it was. I, so I chose the, uh, the right guest today, you guys, because he's pulling all kind of phrases I ain't never heard of before. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you like cookies? Jeffrey started Fat Snacks, S-N-A-X, in 2017 to make his keto lifestyle way more delicious. Fat Snacks cookies are soft-baked to perfection using coconut flour, butter, and almond flour. First time I tried these Fat Snacks cookies, oh my goodness, you guys, I fell in love. Plus, they're sugar-free, contain just 1 to 2 grams of net carbs, and have up to 9 grams of fat. Jeff and his team are proud to have become the top-selling keto-friendly cookie, all with just 1 to 2 grams of net carbs per serving. Fat Snacks flavors include chocolate chip, peanut butter, and lemony lemon, and they recommend you start with the variety pack on your first order. Head on over to fatsnacks.com jimmy, that's F-A-T-S-N-A-X.com jimmy, and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout for 5% off of a single order or 10% off of your first subscription order at Snacks Cookies. Do you ever wonder where your meat comes from? Today, over 80% of beef comes from industrialized processes and companies don't want you to know the source. Now we have a company that cares about where your beef is coming from. They're called CrowdCow. Visit crowdcow.com slash show to learn how they do things differently. They give you full transparency into the independent farms that they work with. And whether you're looking for quality grass-fed beef or luxurious Japanese Wagyu, Crowd CrowdCow is the craft meat marketplace. Food transparency is the wave of the future, and it gives consumers access to both flavor and choice. We no longer have to put up with CAFO beef and industrialized agriculture. It just doesn't have to be that way anymore. Again, they're called CrowdCow, and they source the best quality steaks that you can't get anywhere else in the world. Visit crowdcow.com slash lowcarbshow, and they'll give you $25 off of your first order. Be informed. Know the source. Eat better meat. Crowd cow. So basically, I remember um, being at my in-laws, being at my in-laws. And um, when we pulled up and we got there, I was like, oh, my goodness, Christina, I actually have to go take a poop. Like, I literally have to take a poop. Like, <laughs> did you bring so the air freshener? Like, I yeah. Know, <laughs> I know this is weird, but like, I don't have to wait two to three days later and pretend like I'm not hungry because I know I'm backed up. Like I actually have to go right now. That's and so uh, that was a huge thing. And then also too, at the end of December, I was, um, I just told myself, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop taking these allergy pills because what started to happen was, is I started to find myself getting like nosebleeds and I started mm. to find myself uh, being like dehydrated. Yes. And so, uh, I was like, this is weird. Like. I have never felt this way before. Also, too, I started noticing that, honestly, I could smell. And it was great when I was in the kitchen, but oh my goodness, I, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed not smelling until I got into the gym. <laughs> I was like, oh, geez. I was like, sir, can you please put on some deodorant? Because I almost dropped this board on my chest. But I, it, it was it was just one of those things where those, two, where those were the two biggest things for me, where yes. it was like I threw my allergy peels away. And to be honest with you, I have not had a sinus infection since wow. my reception. How long did you take the meds before that? I was taking those ever since third grade. Third grade. Mm -hmm. All the way to your late 20s when you when this happened? What, how old were you? I was uh, 32. Okay, yeah. so like 25 years later, you're able to get yeah. off this stuff. Man. Yep, and That's so like that was, that was a huge thing for me where... Um, 
Because like literally, I was the person where I would get my sinus infection. I would shut off everything. I would shut the world. I am one of those people when I get sick, I retreat and I drastically, re I retreat from everybody and everything. And so I hated that whole week of taking even more pills, of taking more medication, drinking all these drinks. And honestly, even during that time when I would get sick, guess what I would do? I would revert over to my little childhood memories and get myself a Welch's Concord drink. I would drink that. Uh -huh. I would eat Susie Q's. Yes. And so diving right back into the very thing that I'm quote unquote trying to get away from. Wow. And so, uh, but like I said, so once I started to notice those benefits, I was like, honestly, I have to share this with people. And then it also, the third thing was, and I would say this was actually towards the beginning of this year mm -hmm. is after seeing so many benefits after honestly finding my energy levels being so high, I was like, let's start seeing how this works with my workouts. So I wouldn't, I, as part of my fasting and with the keto, I would not take a pre-workout. I would not, I started not taking pre-workouts, protein drinks or anything like that. I was like, because the research that I see and the science behind this says I should have hormones and things already within me yes. that will support my workout. Right. So then when I started doing that, it was like, oh my goodness, like, like honestly, I, I, I couldn't even sit still in the gym. Like I would do a set, I would feel tired, but I would still feel energized too. It was like the weirdest thing. So literally I became the guy who just dances all the time in the gym. So, <laughs> and it's like, like I'm telling you guys, like I have to do this or if I don't release this energy, I'll just start making weird, loud, obnoxious noises. <laughs> and I'm not sure if you want that better. So I, I know those people in the gym. Yes. <laughs> and so I try to be one of those ones where I'm not, I'm not having my energy overtake yours yes. or crowding your space, but it's one of those things where I'm like, Hey, like I need this guys. Like yes. This. Stay out of my way till I get this out. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was one of those things where those were the, the three biggest things for me that was like, you know, I have to share this message with people because yes. you can heal yourself. You can enjoy life and food and have your health, too. And it was like that was just such a huge thing for me. I don't have to take all of these protein shakes. I don't have to drink all of these energy drinks. Yes. The most caffeine I have now is what's in a, a 12 to 16 ounce cup of coffee. That's wow. it. Do you do it bulletproof style? And you know what? I used to, but honestly, I've kind of winged off of that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it because I think getting that much of liquid fat calories all at one time, and I'm I'm not a big fan of fat bombs for the same reason. Just stick the fat on your food. It makes it taste better anyway. I don't understand why you have to drink fat, but I know some people swear by it and they love it. And don't give me hate mail, guys. I, I realize some people get benefit, but it just seems kind of odd that you couldn't just put it on your food. You know, I can only speak from my experience. I would say for me, I, I remember you saying that. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't care what Jimmy says. Like, this is, <laughs> this is where it's at. Like, like I, I get like, hey, he has his own thing. But for me, I was like, I swore by it. But honestly, if I'm truly being honest, it was really because in my head, I didn't believe that I could eat enough energy to sustain myself. Mm. I didn't believe that eating one, maybe two meals was going to be enough. And then also too the concept of saying now I have to increase my fat, it was when I started really realizing that keto is about a metabolic state. It's not simply about ingesting large amounts of fat. Right. And so when I started to shake that mindset, it was like, you know what, let's let's just try it without the bulletproof coffee. Let's just let's just check my ketones. And it was one of those things where I was surprised to see how my ketones for like a good couple like a good two weeks were staying anywhere from around the one point four to two point four nice. range. And it was like, it was like, wow, like I've this whole time. And then also too, when, um, cause right now I have a beard because at that time I kind of hit a plateau 
And for me, everything that I when you, we all get that little voice inside of our head. And for me, that one voice kept saying, it's the bulletproof coffee. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, I need my bulletproof. And so like, that's what kept going in my head. Yeah. So once I kicked that, once again, I started noticing my weight loss started occurring again. Like my weight loss started happening. And so it was it was proof for me that I was getting enough of what I needed within the real food. Yeah. And then giving your body a break in the in-between times with the intermittent fasting. This is the other thing that's a pet peeve of mine. People say, oh, I've been fasting. I had my bulletproof coffee this morning, but I'm still fasting. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You just got a big bolus of fat calories. You can't say that you're still fasting with that. No matter what exactly. Dave Asprey says. And now, and now I, when people are first starting keto, one thing I may say is you may have a little bit of bulletproof coffee to help hold you over. As your body gets that adapted, I was like, but aside from that, like, I no, you know, you don't really need it. Like if you can eat the real foods. And even when I tell people that I'm like, when I say you can have that, I'm not saying. And let me tell you this, because I'm speaking from my own experience. I used to put with my bulletproof coffee, I used to do about eight ounces of heavy whipping cream. Yeah. And about two to three tablespoons of uh, cacao, cacao butter. Wow. So like it was a literally it was a liquid fat like <laughs> bomb. Yes. Like that was like a liquid, uh, like a, a bulletproof, like hydrogen bomb. Like it was, and I knew it was a lot, but I tell people, I'm like, you can have anywhere from maybe two to four tablespoons of like heavy whipping cream or a butter of some sort like that. But really, I would say after those couple of weeks, you really don't even need that because your body will start producing enough of that, those ketones for yourself. Well, and see, here's what else they do with, with that kind of thing. They, they put MCT oil into that kind of fatty coffee and the MCT is a precursor to ketone production. So you're not really allowing your body to produce the ketones. I know people swear by it again, but I, I think it, it goes back to your major point of all these pills and potions and supplements that we're doing, trying to improve upon what real food could do all by itself. Yes. And that is a part of my message, even on uh, my social media, is that I really want people to see that. Because, like, honestly, I'll still work out. I don't work out anywhere from, like, one to two hours. And I'll still do, like, obstacle course races and things like that. And I do it without bulletproof coffee. I do it eating just one meal a day. And my ketones are still high. Honestly, my ketones are usually range anywhere from 2.0 to 2.4. And so, because I almost check my ketones almost every day. And so, um, I still have the high ketones. I still have the energy. And I'm not having the bulletproof coffee. I'm not having the loads of other fats and things like that. Honestly, I get all of my nutrients within my one meal. And one thing I do take, instead of spending $250 and $350 on supplements, yeah. I'll still take a multivitamin to help bridge the gap. Yes. But it's not necessarily to do the work for me. Mm. That'll preach. I love that. So I have to ask you, because your branding on Instagram is black and keto, and it seems in the African-American community, uh, and I didn't realize this till I talked to Ron Garrett last year and some other people within the African-American community, keto kind of has a stigma <laughs> amongst that population. And, at, you know, certainly it needs to be out there uh, with diabetes and obesity uh, being as bad in that community as it is with any population group. So w what are some of the stigmas associated with keto that you think um, you could probably challenge today and correct? Um, I would say uh, the biggest one would have to funnel 
with lifestyle with keto. Okay. And I think it kind of stems from there in the sense of um, this whole, one of the big misconceptions is like when people will look at my meals, they're like, all, all you had was, was like steak and pickles. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yep, yep. That, that's yeah. what I had. I had the pickles for the fermented foods, you know, to help with my gut health, to help with the digestion, you know, to aid my immune system. So I was like, and I also had this. <laughs> Exa- exactly. Exactly. So I can enjoy my, my third hobby again. <laughs> and so, um, so what's so missing on the plate because, that they think should be there? They think that it should be like a four or five course meal where it's like, oh, I have to have a meat. Then I have to have a veggie. Then I have to have a carb. And then I have to have a dessert to go with it. But then also, too, I got to have a drink. And it's like you don't have to have any of that. Yeah. You just have to nourish your body. Is that cultural? It, hmm? Is that cultural needing to have all of those courses? Um, where does that come from? I believe it is cultural because uh, even growing up, it was kind of the whole idea of the whole soul food or family togetherness. And yeah. you would make all of these multiple items or dishes to go with the meal because that was how you got the family together. That was how you spent time together. That was where you had most of your conversations and dialogues. And so it just seemed unnatural or it was unhealthy. Also, too, with this whole food pyramid, food pyramid says you got to have these and you got to eat your veggies if you want to be strong. and. Right got to have carbs. And so I feel like that's kind of a lot where it came from. And then also to um, this whole concept or idea of uh, variety yeah. and variety happens because you got to have multiple items on a plate. And it's like, n- n- no, no, that's, that perpetuates our obesity. That perpetuates our, our, our problems that we're having. It's like we are being controlled by food as opposed to truly really enjoying food. Mm-hmm. And then also those multitude of items leads you to eating more. Because one thing my mother used to always say is, uh, don't let your eyes get bigger than your stomach. Right. And with that became the idea that whatever hit your plate, you were going to eat it. So those five dishes you have on your plate, the, the macaroni and cheese, the chicken and all of that, you're going to eat all of that food. When truth be told, it's like you don't even really need all of that food. <laughs> but the starving kid in Africa can't eat unless I eat all that food. Did your exactly. mom ever pull that one on you? <laughs> Exactly. I I used to tell her, I was like, I don't know why. I was like, why are we comparing ourselves to the starving kids in Africa when they are actually kids in Africa who are flourishing? Can we be compared to them? I'm just. uh, No, no. Okay, cool, cool. I I don't want to get hit. I'll just sit there quietly. Oh, you must have been the the naughty kid just like me growing up, Carlos. (laughs) I, I was the quiet kid, but it was like some things would hit me and I'm like, I just got to speak on it. Yes. And then it's like, ah, ah. I should have uh, thought on it before should, I spoke on it. Should have kept my mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. So, um, so how how are you viewed uh, within your family now as the weirdo who comes to a dinner and doesn't eat? Maybe, maybe you have uh, you're fasting at the time, or you're you're having just the meat and not all the five courses. Uh, how do they view you now, or do they see the changes that have happened to you, and now they're got they're like, oh well, you've done something well, so we're going to support you. Now, this is where I am that weird member in my family. Yep. I will dive off into something, and I don't care if I have the support. So for me, it was one of those things where, honestly, I, when I first started this journey, my family was like, good luck. Okay. Wow. Like, all right, wish you the best. And you can hear a sense of pessimism in them. Yeah. 
And honestly, I, I fed off of that. Like, I, I loved it <laughs> because in my head, I was like, if this works out, then guess what? I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to be the next thing. And so from a pessimistic sounding comment started to become, oh, so what are you doing again? What is that? Mm-hmm. You're telling me you're doing what with egg yolks? Do you mean egg whites? <laughs> no, no, just egg yolks. Right. Really? So wait, you're telling me you're here at this party and you can do blah, 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 this. Because honestly, there's been times when my family will get together and I'll just show up. And so they may have like a, a like a crawfish boil. And I'm like, oh, I like crawfish. So I'll yeah. take my crawfish, but I pull out my bag of cheese and I make myself a keto pizza. Yep. I'm like, so I'm just going to take your ingredients that I can have that fits within my lifestyle and loves my body too. And then I'll make it to where, once again, it still fits my goals. And so when they see me make the keto pizza and then I offer them some and they try it, it's like, this is actually really good. It's like, it really does taste like pizza. It's like, see, exactly. Isn't it, it amazing? Like Isn't it amazing how much of what we eat culturally is just because that's what we've always done and not so much, oh, I like the taste of, you, you name the food. It's more of, you like the the ritual that surrounds said yes. food and whatever's been plopped in front of us is what we've eaten. Had we eaten keto versions of things growing up, we'd have been none the wiser that it was anything different than what we did end up eating. Yep. Yep. And that's the thing. And another thing I heard too, that was huge in my family was also too, because I'm big into fitness. It was a uh, things I would hear is, uh, Oh, well, don't you need carbs to work out? Right. Don't you have to have carbs to recover? How, how, how do you get through your workout? And so I remember um, working out with my brother. And so uh, it was funny because as he was talking about this with me, we we're in the middle of a workout. And it's like, that's weird because I have been fasting for 19 hours. Yes. And you were the one slowing down this workout. So if you could just <laughs> put those carbs to use and get back into the next set, that'd be great. So thanks. I think you need to refuel, brother. Exactly. So it's like, oh, and you also had an energy drink too. Wow. Hmm. Do you need another? Or would you like to? And so it's just one of those things where I try to, th I throw it back jokingly at my family. Yes. And honestly, however a person lives their life is up to them. But it's like, instead of looking at it as such a pessimistic approach, yes. understand what the idea, the principles are behind it. So don't knock it until you truly understand it and try it. And oh, so yeah. I was telling him, I was like, even from, as I started to learn stuff about keto and things for me, I was like, hey, a part of the issue that you're having, honestly, may be carb related. A part of the issue of what you're having may really be this whole processed vegetable oils that you're having. Mm. And so now their questions start to be, well, how long are you going to do keto for? And it's like, well, I guess I'll keep doing keto for as long as real food, you know, it's still a thing. That's that's I don't see myself ever not eating steak. Yeah, I don't see myself not eating salads. I don't see myself not eating seafood. Do I need to have a slice of bread to to thrive in my life? No. I was like, so really, the only changes that will be in my ketogenic journey will be the amount of protein and fat that I eat in terms of maintaining my weight, losing my weight, or if in the weird event that I would want to gain weight, but I don't, I don't see that. <laughs> so. I have a, a podcast idea for you, Carlos. You need to have a podcast called Blunt Keto. <laughs> you would be so amazing at that, my friend. <laughs> it's Let Blunt Keto with Carlos Spells. And if you don't like it, you can go bleep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
So what are the hopes and dreams now that you've had this life change and you're you're doing your thing and uh, ostensibly not just online, but with uh, people locally where you live, you're trying to uh, teach and live by example uh, and doing all the things that you're doing. What's the hope and dream of where you want to go with this? Really, I it is twofold. I want to see people winning and succeeding in life via real food. You can have your health. You can enjoy food all at the same time. It does not have to be a trade-off. Also, too, I want to see keto no longer be a thing. Because mm. to me, the principles of keto is really eating with your body in mind. Eating real food with your body in mind. That's truly what the, the idea is about. There is no trick products with it. There is no gimmicks with it. Literally, you're eating real food to heal your body and help your body do what it already knows how to do. Right. It triggers hormones. Your, your body is more efficient at running a show than what you can consciously do. It's like, to me, like even like at work, there's managers there who know that, look, if I start trying to get my hand into things and manipulate things, I'm only going to throw this whole team off. This team's run better when I just support what they do versus try to take control of what they do. And I feel like that is what keto really is about. Keto says, let me provide you with the nutrients that you need for all your cells, for all the hormones running in your body to run optimally. But I'm not necessarily going to get in the mix of that. I'm just going to provide you what you need to do what you already know how to do. Mm. And then intermittent fasting comes in and says, hey, now that you've given me the nutrients that I need, I'm going to go in and start clearing the house. I'm going to start nourishing my body. I'm going to start getting away all these dead parts and all that. And it's like, and it cleans and detoxifies your body. And so they work hand in hand. Yes. And, and that is the thing that I want to see happen that no longer keto isn't no longer a thing. It is just simply a way of life. And it is not, Oh, well you're carnivore keto or you're strict keto. No, you're doing a lifestyle that brings about the best health for you. And so the, those are my two biggest things. Do you think the uh, the notion of rallying around the message of real food, which would bring in the people from keto, bring in the the remnants of who's left at it from the paleo world, even some vegan people, we could all rally around the concept of real food, and that could be something that would uh, catch on. Yeah, like I really do. Like I, I think that I would say this: I love keto. I love intermittent fasting. But also, too, there is you will find a lot of overlap in like the paleo, in like the vegan, in in like the whole 30 community. And it's like. I understand that there are subtle differences, but at the crux of it, we're trying to use real food to aid our body to live the healthiest and the most optimal life possible. And so I think in learning where there are those similarities also to seeing. Just how real food plays a factor, like. That, that is huge. Yes. And I think that there's just something that we can all look to rally around and, and to be better with. Because like for me, honestly, I had no clue that my allergies was stemmed from sugar. Yes. From consuming so much sugar. I just thought that that was that was that was life. I, I got the luck of the draw. Hey, hey, I pulled my lottery ticket. It is allergies <laughs> and constipation. That's those. Those are my two lottery tickets. Thank you. And now he gets to poop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like. I swear that I'm swear that process releases endorphins because I always get up feeling phenomenal, even if I'm having a bad day. A good poop just makes me feel better about life. It just, I'm glad I got that back in my life. Do you have a squatty potty to help? 
Yes, I do. <laughs> How did I know that? How did I know that? When I brought that into the house, my wife was like, oh, are you, are you kidding me? And so now she loves it just as much as I do. Yeah, my wife says, what, what's this stool for? I'm like, oh, honey, sit down. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the stool is for your stool. Ah, well, this podcast has gone to crap now, so uh, I guess we should say goodbye now, Carlos. <laughs> yes. Carlos Spells is his name. Is his name. Definitely go follow him. F-I-Y-A Fitness. What does that stand for, by the way? Back to what you said about the whole uh, podcast. Yes. It actually stands for footing your Nice. So really, I have a no BS mentality about things. Yes. You come to the gym to train your muscles. You don't come there for jaw day. You don't come there to be on your phone. You come there for a goal. You accomplish the goal. Yeah. And so yeah. that's where that came from. I love it. I love. So there's your podcast branding. So <laughs> that's his Facebook page, you guys. And then on Instagram is where I see you engage in my content quite a bit is at black underscore the letter N underscore keto. And uh, if you haven't caught on, Carlos is a very tongue in cheek guy, but very blunt and very passionate about this subject of keto. And it was such a pleasure to have you here today on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Oh, Jimmy, I, I truly thank you for this opportunity, and uh, I'm glad to be able to spread the message to everybody, especially within the black community, because we all can learn, we all can benefit from real food. And honestly, man, I just want us to enjoy life. Like, the, the hell with this sickness stuff, man. You, you can kick that and have your cake and eat it too, but just as long as it agrees with your body. And so, honestly, Jimmy, I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, I look forward to next time, and uh, hopefully, one of my goals is to be able to see you on the low-carb cruise. Hey, we'll get you to speak if you ever come on the low carb cruise, man. How's that for incentive? Oh, hashtag. Oh, oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Okay. Yeah, I would love that. I would relish in that moment. Let's make it happen, man. Uh, living La Vida low carb. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet. Trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados. Fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast. Hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida low carb show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo! Disc of Light.